Newstalk ZB, well, Grant Fox dominated the All Black first 5 eighths position in the late 80s and mid-90s, becoming one of the most potent scorers in Test history, scored an incredible 645 points in 46 tests. He's been involved in New Zealand rugby for over 40 years now as a player, a coach, and until very recently as an All Black selector. Since retiring from playing, he's also a business owner, a broadcaster, and a dad, of course, to Ryan Fox, New Zealand's top golfer, and lovely daughter, Kendall. It is a tremendous pleasure to welcome Grant Fox for Six and a Song. G'day, mate. Kia ora, Grant. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good, well, man. Good, yeah, good, doing good. great, thank you. Uh, can you just get, well, can we row back? I mentioned, you know, 46 tests, 645 points. So your own selection, when you were first selected for the All Blacks, where were you when you got the call-up? Do you remember that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, it was 1984. That uh, was the end of the NPC season, and we had a, the All Blacks had a tour at Fiji, short tour at the end of the year. And I happened to be at... Um, uh, my girlfriend, now my wife's parents' place um, at 22 Seaside Avenue in Waterview in Auckland. Um, nice. at two o'clock, two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and we listened to it on the radio. So I, I vividly remember it. There was no heads up. No, no, and and there's not there's not much nowadays either. It's actually a good way to do it, unless yeah. you're an incumbent who's missing out. You deserve, you know, a notification before it's made public. But if you're a new boy getting picked or an established one getting. Uh, reselected, um, they they give you no heads up. You just get your name read out, and I think that's a cool way to do it. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you you won't remember this, Grant, but I remember it like it was yesterday because not many people get to run in the back line with the All Blacks. I was at what now? Oh, lovely. We, yeah. Do you remember this? We jumped on the bus when you guys arrived at, at a training. John Sturgeon, I think, was the manager at the time, and it was pre World Cup, and. I ran in the back line with you. I was outside. Well, I was actually on the wing, and you guys finally the ball got to me. We we're filming for what now? And I dropped the ball. <laughs> I dropped the ball, mate. And you guys and, all and just we, did, we, did we say anything? Because you probably got a serve for dropping the ball. You gave me rings. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me rings. Like I never lived it down. I couldn't. I've still got it on tape somewhere. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the you, world, you went back to the television program pretty quickly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. But speaking of the World Cup, that win in 1987 would have been amazing but those days are very different to uh, rugby today in terms of the professional game what sort of differences are there well then it was our leisure activity you know um we worked um you know now rugby's a job for these guys um i mean we were very professional in attitude so nothing's changed in that regard it's just that you know we took time out to play in in the inaugural tournament in our backyard which was very special we're on tour in our own country pretty much which was unusual in itself and would come off a, not a good year in 1986. And um, 87, we sort of turned things around, which was the start of a very good era through to, you know, the end of the late 80s with that with that all-black group. Mm. Um, but no ticker tape parades or anything. We were sort of, um, you know, win the game on Saturday, um, have a bit of a lear up in the dressing room, go to an official dinner afterwards, go back to the hotel, keep leering up, wake up on Sunday morning with a sore head, go home Sunday afternoon and <laughs> back to work on Monday. So yeah. that's what it was like. What was your job at the time? Uh, the job I'm doing now, actually, to be honest, although I'm sort of I run the business now, but I was working for a company then called Harvard Sports Marketing. It's gone through some different iterations to where it is now, but um, I'm still in the same industry. Right. Wow. Do you recall your favourite All Black Test to play in? Oh God, I mean, it's hard to pin one down. I mean, you know, for, for sheer. Something that was very special, obviously, was the final uh, mm. of the '87 World Cup and winning it. It's very hard to go past that, mm. but. You know, if there are ones that were sort of um, personal milestones, and I mean, I remember playing Wales at Eden Park in 1988. It was the second test of two 
Um, and we just had a day where we beat Wales 52-3 or something like that, and it was about three all after 30 minutes. So we sort of came home pretty strong. But it was one of those days where everything that we looked at, everything that I called in terms of the shots seemed to come off. I kicked 10 out of 10 that day. It was just one of those rare days which you don't get very often that you're in a zone um, mm. and you hear sportsmen speak about that, where everything slows down um, because it just it, it looks easy in front of you. It's mm. not. But they happen really, and so that's sort of one that stands out for a different reason than the final. Can I ask one more supplementary question on that? Because I'm just fascinated. <laughs> you be careful where we go with the <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like you know, you train for it, and these these professional first fives now train for the moments, the critical moments in a test match. Time's up on the clock. You've got a kick, and it's 30 meters out, and it's on an angle. And you've got the crowd sometimes baying for your blood, sometimes supporting you. Is it hard to kind of, even though you train a thousand times, when you're there in that moment, and you took some massively pressure kicks, is it hard actually to zone all that out? Does your heart rate go up? Yeah, it does, because you're nervous. I mean, you're aware of the consequences of the outcome. Mm. Uh, You can't ignore that. And you might be, you're more nervous than you would otherwise be if it wasn't a kick to win a game. Mm. Uh, But you've got to want to be in that moment. Um, And that's what you're trained for. You actually want that opportunity. And I was in it a few times, not that often, because I played in in, in enough good teams where we weren't in that position very often. Mm. Um, And I didn't get it all right when we were either. I didn't didn't (laughs) always kick the winning goal. (laughs) That's the odd one as well. Uh, But you just you've got to want to own that, and you've got to want to be in it. Because if you don't, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing the craft. And that's what you spend hours practicing for. You know, you just that's what you do. You 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 envision those moments. You want to be there. You visualize it. Mm. Um, Yeah. So brilliant. um, Practice makes precision, as they say. Hey, going to the next generation, he's New Zealand's top golfer and one of the top golfers in the world, and he grew up as Grant Fox's son. Now you are Ryan Fox's father. (laughs) When was the last time you beat him in a round of golf? Oh, God. um, um, I can't quite remember. He'll know exactly. Uh, (laughs) but, But probably when he was about... 15. Wow. Um, and so that's 20 years ago. Now he's 35 now, so that's 20 years ago. Um, I mean, I've, I've, if we use the handicap system, which is, you know, which is relatively unique to golf, I have beaten them on occasion if I apply handicap, handicaps, but off the stick, um, I, haven't, I haven't done that for probably 20 years. At what age was he, Grant, when you <clears throat> saw something and go, holy smoke, I think this boy's actually got the goods? Oh, look, we, he first started playing golf when he was realistically about 10 or 11. Um, we'd holiday in Fiji a lot. Um, he'd like to play at dinner hour up there, come around, drive the cart, whack a few golf balls, um, you know, play junior penance for the Whitford Club out where, near where we live, um, would spend Sunday afternoon with his mates bloody playing golf and then looking for golf balls in the stream to <laughs> bolster the ones he kept losing. Um, probably in some ways, I remember catting for him in his first ever tournament um, when he was 18. First time he actually played a four-round sort of national-ranked tournament. Mm. Um, and he finished oh, fifth or sixth, I think, and I think he was one under or something. It was, and, and, he, and I know that national golf selectors at the time have thought, who's this kid? Mm. Hadn't sort of really seen or heard of him. And I, so I guess there was an awareness then that you know, he, he might be okay. He certainly loved it. Um, he gave it a thump then. He didn't hit it very straight. He just hit it and find it. Um, mm. And always believe that, you know, and in the treaty, he said, don't worry, Dad, I'll make booty. <laughs> it was like, okay, I love, you. I love your confidence. You've got to hit it round that, under that, and over that, and get it on the green. How the hell are you going to do that? Um, yeah, but I mean, he just he has a real passion for it, and he, he, he loves it. 
Um, and, you know, I guess growing up, watching having Sky Sport in the house, watching Tiger Woods, yeah. watching the Masters, um, you know, they, they were just things that got set in his mind. And it was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And he chased it. Um, and through a lot of hard work, he's sort of he, he's making it. You know, he's making a good fist of it. Oh, he's good so on is. Yeah. News Talk ZB six in a song. Our guest is Grant Fox, legendary All Black, um, and of course, dad to to Ryan Fox. Hey, we just touched on this before the break. You mentioned um, Ryan talked about the Masters golf tournament. He's mm. played the Masters now, hasn't he? And I mean, no, no, has he, he not he, played he, that? No, he's played all the other majors, um, but the Masters he hasn't. But he's but he's in that next year based on his world ranking. Fantastic! I mean, what that's mm. Augusta. It's mm. my dream golf course. I've never been. I'd love to go one day. Mm. Are you going to watch him? Yeah, we're booked. Um, I've been once actually um, back in two thousand and nine. Is it um, amazing? We're not, we're, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the only major that's played at the same course all the time. Yeah. Um, it's it's a phenomenal golf course. Um, it's got all this history around the event. Um, and it is. This course is pristine. You cannot find a weed on it. Yeah. Um, if you find a weed, I think they can they pay you to find a weed. <laughs> um, you're not allowed to run. I remember, you know, you try and run for, to get a vantage point. You always get these officials say, "Please, sir, don't run. Please, sir, don't run. <laughs> oh, you're not really? allowed to run." And the <laughs> thing you don't see on television is the elevation changes. Like yeah. it does, it, television doesn't paint that very, really very well at all. Mm. Uh, there are some steep climbs and steep drop offs. Um, it's just it is it is the the history around uh, that event is, is amazing mm. and it, it's a, Augusta Township's not the flashiest in itself but but, but within this they've got this amazing tournament and an yeah. amazing golf course. How incredible to watch him too. Yeah, well, good luck yeah. with that one. Uh, let's you. get to the quick fire questions. What advice would you give to your fifteen year old self? Oh God, I'm probably lighten up a bit to be honest. I was always known for being pretty intense, and I'm still. That, that way now, um, and I, that's, I think that helped me um, be successful on the sporting field. I had that drive, but maybe at times it was a little bit over intense. Um, and um, I was probably hard. I was hard on myself, but I was also hard on people around me. Probably at times a little bit overbearing. And I, I suppose if I could change anything, I'd be a little bit more uh, thoughtful towards um, some of those, you know, those around me. Nice. Where do you feel sympathy, if at all, for the modern professional rugby player? Oh, um, the media landscape, if I'm brutally honest. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is because of the technology and social media and the iPhone technology and everything that's at play now and the competitiveness in the media market. It's, it, it, these guys live a much more public life than we did. Yeah. Um, every little mistake is exacerbated, and we live in a cancel culture world. Um, you know, we, at times I don't think we're quite understanding that while these guys have a high profile and they are very lucky to be doing what they do, uh, they're still young men and young ladies who make mistakes. Mm. Um, we're just very judgmental with them nowadays. I mean, if, if, based on what we used to do in the past, based on how things are judged nowadays, we'd be in, we'd be in the headlines every bloody day of the week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a different landscape. And so, look, they grow up with it, they accept it. But at times I don't think it's very easy for them. Yeah. They do get well paid though, and I'm I'm saying that in a positive way. Um, hey Grant, where in the world would you most like to live? <laughs> oh, look, um, I'm very happy where we are. We live in a little suburb called Beechlands, just out of Auckland on the coast, and been there a long time. And and we love it there. 
Um, and in and, and an ironic way, if I had to choose another place, I'd say Fiji. And I say that generally because we holiday there regularly in the winter. Uh, we just love it. It's a rugby-loving um, country. Uh, lovely, uh, great people, great hosts, great climate. Um, you know, um, I love the food up there. Just, just it's different. Mm. And so, in an ironic way, it's you know going back from some of the comforts we have here. Although we stay at Westernised Resorts, so we do have those comforts. But Fiji would be a place I'd be. Um, I'd be pretty happy residing at. You've painted a lovely picture. Yeah. I'm, I'm off tomorrow. Yeah. Now, what's your favourite? <laughs> what's your favourite movie, Grant? Um, I'm trying to do some preparation for this, guys, and this is the one thing I did miss. Um, I, look, if I there's a, there's a, a movie a while back. I remember watching many, many, many years ago. Uh, it was called The Natural. And oh, it was, oh yes, um, yes, yeah. Um, Robert Redford, I think, was a, it was a baseball movie. That's mm. it. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, uh, just an amazing story. Um, um, I tell you what, I did love watching though, and this is not a movie, but. Um, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan series. Oh, yes. Just, I that, loved that. Yes. That was phenomenal what drove that man. Mm. Mm. It's, there, I so agree. James and I were talking about raving about it. Brilliant to watch. But I struggle, Grant, with the fact. <laughs> see, that's what I like about the team thing of the All Blacks and the Black Ferns. I struggle <clears> with the fact that in American culture, they celebrate an individual within a team like that. I, I don't know. He, he was... He almost he was so the man that his his teammates almost deferred to him all the time. I didn't like that. But part. he was the man. Yeah, but I he was the man. And don't forget how many on a basketball court? Seven, yeah, uh, or five. five. I can't even remember now. Um, so <laughs> mate, so not many. You know. Yeah. So you, you, and if you look at the way these these guys win NBAs and trace uh, titles, you know they, uh, they they. I mean, the owners go and buy teams, don't they? They yeah. get the big superstars in and they build the team around it. And they go mm. and win titles. That's so right. I sort of get. I, I get that. I yep. get why he's he was such a big thing. Amazing. Yep. Okay, last question. Uh, if you could sit down for dinner with any one person still alive, who would that be? Oh, I'm going to answer this two ways. One, I want to answer the person who's not here who I would still love to have dinner with, and that's Martin Crow, because mm. all day long I wish he was still with us. Mm. Um, I'd love to sit down with my great mate and drink some wine and eat good food and, and just share a laugh and some stories. Lovely. Um, but but now, I was, I was asking the guys in the office trying to get a stare from them, and they were bloody, they were useless. So, um, Sack them! Actually, at this juncture in time, it would be Brendan McCullough. <clears throat> now, oh, I, yeah. I, know Bre- I know Brendan, and I've spent time socially with him, but right, and, and he's, so part of it is he's just good fun, right? Yeah. He's a bit irreverent, you know, yeah. good for a laugh, he doesn't mind a drink. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> w- w- with what's going on with England at the moment, yeah. and how he's done that, I'd love to pick his brains yeah. on, on, on how he's gone about this and made this team relentlessly positive that are, that are just taking Test cricket to another level. Um, I mean, I don't know if you saw the, the game just yeah, against yes. Pakistan played on that con- based on that piece of concrete, yeah. and it was a phenomenal game of cricket. Yeah, um, that's a so great just, answer, actually. Mm, yeah, it's a mm, really good answer, mm. Brendan. He would be interesting because he's got them playing positive <clears throat> cricket, hasn't he? He has, and and you know, everyone's surprised he got the test job, let alone you know the, the white ball job for England. Yeah. Uh, well, not the white ball job, and yet, yet, look what he's—he's he's almost mm. playing it like white ball cricket, isn't he? It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love to find out what you know, how he's gone about this, because then you go and share it with some mates and say, "Right, oh, is there anything here we can learn?" And I'm sure there would be. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, it's been—we could talk to you yeah. for another three yeah. hours, mate. Thank you very much for your time. Have a very merry Christmas. We are all on Ryan's side too yep. next year as he gets Thank into you. another good year, and yeah, really appreciate your your chat. Thanks, mm. Grant. My pleasure, guys. Just Cheers. before, actually, just before you go, mate, yeah. what song have yeah. you chosen and why, please? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I have chosen um, Dance with My Father by Luther Vandross. Oh. Now, this is, this is um, a tribute. This is for my wife as a tribute to her father, who she adored. Um, and we played it at her dad's funeral. Her dad died quite a few years ago now, but she adored her dad and played this at the funeral. And I've, ever since then, I've just loved that song. So Dance with My Father by Luther Vandross. For who? Who is her dad or was her dad? Merv Wallace was her dad, who played cricket for New Zealand uh, for a long, long time. And you just got to walk around Eden, Eden Park and see the honours board for Auckland cricket and New Zealand cricket. Um, he is a very revered man in New Zealand cricket, and he was a good man. I, <clears throat> that's how I met. I worked in his sports shop. That's oh. how I met Adele, um, 37. <laughs> oh, I, well, I know him about 40 years ago now. So, wow. um, yeah, so uh, he was a good man, and, and as I said, Adele adored him, and this, this, is, this song's for him. It's a beautiful Love it. song. Love it. And, yeah, thank you so much, mate. All the very best. My pleasure. Grant Fox, News Talk ZB.